Sky Sports Radio loves talking racing. The people, the jockeys, the horses. The gates open now. They're off and racing. Time now for Punter's Postmortem. Have a look at this. How much did this have on the field? Analysis of the weekend's racing plus your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Yeah, good day, everyone, and welcome to Punter's Postmortem on this Monday, the 8th of March. And hopefully you did back a winner on the weekend. There are a few blowout results, and we'll talk about them today. A massive day of racing it was from Royal Randwick on Saturday. And, of course, down in Melbourne, we had some really good racing uh, with the Australian Cup and, of course, the new market and the, the carnival really starting to heat up now. The Tamworth qualifier yesterday, we had Rodney Northam's horse uh, get the chocolates there and also in the nation's capital. We saw the team Snowden and James Harron saluting the Black Opal and we'll talk to Glenn Munsey about that uh, shortly. But... This show, all about you guys, the punters. Give us a call at some point during the next hour on 135353 or get involved on the text line and I'll jump straight into our panel today. It's Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey and Duff. Did you back a winner at all on Saturday? Because I was in a, uh, a punters club room there at Royal Randwick and there wasn't many people roaring at parts through that quaddy. <laughs> no, no, I, uh, I got a strong lead early to tell you the truth. I was about a good bit on NMO and I... I bet right up on Mar Busher at Flemington. It would have been nice yeah. to back a winner late in the day. Uh, so after having a huge lead, it, it, it was whittled down a little bit, but I went home still winning well, put it that way. Good good stuff. Uh, Dino, how did your Saturday unfold, mate? Uh, no, it didn't uh, didn't go that well. And uh, the get-out yesterday was a horse called Avazina at Stony Creek, and it was in front, hit the rail, and cost itself winning. So that probably summed up the weekend, really. Just put it in the bin. <laughs> put it in the bin and move. Uh, Adelaide Cup day. Oh, well, they're on again today, so it'd be rude <laughs> not to have a go. And Munz, you were down in uh, the nation's capital yesterday. You were also there at Royal Ramwick on Saturday. Um, Snowden's, I've got another one. Yeah, Kalashnikov. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Ronnie. Good morning, Dean. And uh, I've got a new photo on the wall at home. Missy Beale. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was it? Just we, we talk about winners, and, and we'll get into it throughout the program, Glenn. But it was just was it just a fill up for the bookies all day? I wouldn't say a fill up, Dave. It was a it was a it was a it was a winning day, uh, but it was just a matter of the, you know we, we had a little bit of a different tact on Saturday morning, where instead of just you know asking Ron and Brad and Paul Joyce what they actually liked, we we sort of delved a little bit deeper as to what price they would actually accept about certain horses. And the majority of those were significantly better than what they were at uh, between 8 and 9 for uh, Ron and Brad and after 10 o'clock for Paul Joyce. And the markets actually moved back to that point. So you know, it's just interesting to get people's, not only their thoughts on what they think will win, but what price they think is acceptable to take a particular horse. You know, it's all right saying, well, I like, you know, A to B, B and C and D. But, you know, you've also got to inquire as to, well, it's $2.10 at the moment. Do you think that's an acceptable price to take? No, I don't. I still think it'll win, but I couldn't take less than $2.60. And that happened with a number of favourites there on Saturday. The, the the major one being Nature Strip, of course, was a dollar forty-five, and and got to black figures. Emanate uh, was odds on, got to black figures. Uh, Aegon was around uh, about the two dollar ten mark, two dollar fifteen in the morning. It got to uh, I think about two dollars fifty, two dollars sixty. So 
as as a punter, you want to know what the what you should be taking a particular price about a horse. Mm. Is it something they should incorporate on Sky with uh, your the tipping shows? It's been a question that's well, asked for me. Like uh, it's, I know it's difficult for Duff to say, okay, give us a first four on form line, or Dino gets on RSN and says, give us a first four. Um, and then, you know, there's that other factor of price. How do we educate our punters that, you know, this is what we're doing, especially if they're not intently listening to every word? Do there need to be some sort of... Do our graphics need to change? Do we need to make our punters better punters? When we get to a, a meeting like... Well, something like Formline on a Thursday night, like that's, that's a bit of a rush, you know, for where we're getting the acceptances on Wednesday. We've got to lock in tips, you know, early morning Thursday... Things mm. can change, you know. Uh, I mean, that's all fair enough. You know, that's that's part of the business. You, that's the job. You've got to get up yeah. and give your tips. Uh, you're probably going to stick it a little bit Saturday morning. I'd say where there's room to change, say maybe preview at eleven o'clock. Then there's discussion. What have I made? You've got a feeling what mistakes you've made by then, and you can. And I think that could should be an open discussion and and. Um, talk about where the market's trending and if you think it's going to continue to trend that way I think that would be uh, better than probably having a preview show you know a, a preview after it's been done to death all morning you know we're, we're following today's tips to, to tonight and t- tomorrow's tips tomorrow and whatever so you, yeah. I, I know as far as I'm concerned my tips have gone out they're done to death with my tips by Saturday at 11 o'clock mm. but I think that's important though uh, and you raise that to Muns, and, and we hear all the time that, you know, say if Duff is tipping something on top, he necessarily mightn't be backing it himself because he wants that price. And I think as a punter, and we come back to that uh, that old adage about, you know, jockeys having a bet and stuff, if I know that Duff's had his hard earn on something at a price, well, I want to follow, but if I know that he hasn't backed it, well, I don't really, not saying I don't want to follow him as a tipster, but I'd rather, you know, I'd rather be losing with you. I know that sounds like a, a silly adage, but... That's the way that I think. Um, that's food for thought. What do you think, Dino? Oh, I'm more of the opinion that you know we are giving an opinion, and we're not trying to ram it down people's throats what they should and shouldn't do. That that becomes their uh, yeah. you know, individual thing. Some people just like backing winners. Some people love a dollar sixty chances that you know really should be two twenty, but they win anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, I think it, it's very much an individual thing, and uh, yeah, I'm. You know, I'm very. My thing is to say if I think it's a low or high confidence race. If I like a race, and I think I can see how it's going to work out, that's uh, you know I'm hoping that the punter picks up on that. And conversely, when I say it's a good time to have lunch, that means uh, don't have a bet. Okay, let's get into. I, I think the per- one of the one of the perfect cases in point, Dave, was Wild Ruler in the first race on Saturday. Yep. On on Thursday night, uh, I know Duff thought it was a good thing and everything like that, but it was $2.20 at that stage. You've got to cop a couple of scratchings. You've got to cop a couple of different things. But on Saturday morning when it's $1.60, you, you, your half pie feel a little bit embarrassed to say this is a, this is a real good thing because it's now $1.60. You know, there's no prizes for telling someone $1.60 chance is a good thing. No. No, and, and that's, yeah, and, and you're right. It'd be very interesting. I think, watch this space. I know there's stuff happening at Sky with new graphics and all sorts of things, and that's a new, going to be a new world, and maybe that could be something that's factored in um, because that would be, uh, I think, any any help the punter can get, any more information, and not just the data-driven tips, more of the opinion stuff, I think 
all for it. Let's jump in and have a look at the analysis because we're getting heaps of texts here and we will take a break soon and we'll open up the uh, the lines and give us a call. Uh, this Ramwick uh, Guineas, Lions Raw. I've got to tip my hat to Chris Roots on social media. Uh, he's been mentioning Lions Raw for the last oh, six, seven weeks on Racing HQ. It got the chocolates at the $26. Moanga, obviously, a big run, Duff. Yeah, a huge run. But it looked lovely improvement from Lions Raw. I, I thought he did enough in, in the Hobartville at his first up run. And he was the one best suited going straight to the mile second up there. He got on the favourites back, who disappointed Aegon, I must say. And he just sprinted quickly, didn't he? Uh, in saying that, um, how far uh, should he have won by Moanga? He bore, you know, like I say, he brings it about himself. He hasn't got much. He didn't have the gate speed to take advantage of that barrier. And obviously it just went pear-shaped from there on in. He tried to get out, couldn't get out. He dropped his rein and then he had the hide to absolutely sprout wings to make it look worse the last little bit. So he's going to go in. He's, a, he's going to be a case where by the time we get to the Rose Hill Guineas, how short a price do you want to take? Uh, it's going to be the same sort of situation as we, we've just been talking about. And with a racing pattern like that, and uh, you know, th- there will be a ceiling on him as far as what price you do want to take. But he was very, very good. I don't think there's any argument about that. Harmony Rose is a ripper filly. She's on the rise. Uh, Wheelhouse was much better with a better parade. He, 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 he just got hot and bothered at his previous start at home so I think we can forget that and go back to saying he's a promising horse King's Legacy didn't get any room I don't know what we do with Aegon maybe maybe he does want a little bit of sting out of the track mm. but uh, he's too good to just sack off one run What are we doing with North Pacific? That's what a few text messages have come in for. Is there a, a moment in time where we need to reassess our relationship with North Pacific? Yeah, yeah he up he went much better he? second up, but he pulled up two out of five lanes, yeah. so he okay. had to probably stop the stop with him there. All right, Dino, what did you make of uh, the performance of of Lions Raw? Very good, uh, you know, and I thought a really smart ride, and he you know, just kept everyone tight to the inside. And uh, uh, Moonga, well, yeah, you know, everyone saw it. Uh, he's, uh, you know, for me, he's nearly the most exciting horse in the country uh, going forward. So. Uh, really looking forward to seeing him in the Rose Hill Guineas. We haven't seen him get to, I think, what'll be his optimum distance yet. Uh, what he's doing at the moment's a bit of a bonus. Uh, you know, whether it be the, the Dulcify win, the, the, you know, flashing light run, the Caulfield Guineas, and he's run down here in the CS Hayes and then Saturday. So, uh, you know, I think the best is yet to come for Moonga. Racecourse rumours are a marvellous thing. I'm, I'm already hearing $3 million offers for first and second over the line there. Uh, well, I'm, I'm also hearing rumours about maybe the George Ryder for Moonga. Okay. Well, yeah. I would have thought That wouldn't be good. No. no anyway, not for the also. long-range punters that are on him in the Rose Hill Guineas. No. Like, like <laughs> what, about the, what about the poor old long-range punters running the Australian Guineas? And, yes. Anyway. That, that, yeah, well, they, they blew up that day night, didn't they? Put on a turn. <laughs> yeah. With now, so with with that Munns, um, so what they're thinking maybe get George Ryder. Uh, well, Dave, you, you hear a lot of things about horses yeah. programs and everything like that, especially when they haven't taken nominations for a particular race, and they haven't taken a nomination for the George Ryder. They've taken nominations for the, the uh, you know, the Derby and different the Doncaster and those sort of races. But you know, uh, it, it's it's a matter. Of, it will perfect case in point is what is Aegon. When he won first up in the Hobartville, there was just as much discussion as, hmm, 
Do you think he'd be better suited in the Doncaster? I don't really think he's that well suited in the Derby. As a three-year-old taking on his own age, do you think he'd get to a distance or do you think he's better suited in a shorter distance race like the Doncaster? Well, all of those now are up in the air after Saturday. How many well, good three-year-olds have run in the Rosehill Guineas and come back to win the Doncaster? Yeah. Is it getting to the stage where, oh, no, we're going to treat him like a stallion now. We're not allowed to win yeah. a 2,000-metre race with him. We've got to, we've got to win a, a wait-for-age mile or a Doncaster. Mm. Is that the all of a sudden the thinking's gone that way? I think so. That's what it. That's what it looks like. Well, if that's the case, can I can I ask on that? Why has the thinking gone that way? What because why has it shifted to you've got to be winning these certain races to be a good stallion? Well, I mean, it's just the mentality sh- we got. You know, if, if you win, oh, he's too dour. We can't throw our mare to him, or you know, it, it's a it's a mentality with breeders. We want we want fast horses mile under. It's the way we race. That's where the prize money is. We haven't got time to wait for these staying types. Some do, some don't, but. It's the it's the mentality of the industry in in Australia, and that's we're not going to change it. Okay, we're going to take a break. It's nine twenty-two. Go and get a cup of tea, coffee, sorted, fellas, or for Munza Pepsi Max. Um, you got a big day ahead too, Munz. So we'll take a break. We're going to open up the line. So if you've got a question for our uh, team on the weekend's racing or looking ahead, give us a call thirteen fifty-three fifty-three. The Coolmore Classic was introduced in 1973 and in 1986 became the first Group 1 race in Australia for fillies and mares. Ron Quinton won it twice as a jockey on the inaugural winner Miss Personality and Emancipation. He's won it four times as a trainer with Of Course I Can, Peeping, Daisy Doom and in 2019 Dixie Blossoms giving his favourite horse her first Group 1 victory. Dixie Blossoms takes the lead of the 100 and draws away from El Dorado Dreaming and has another cool the Coolmore Classic. Group 1 Glory at Rose Hill. This Saturday on Sky Sports Radio. The 2021 Nutrient Equine Standard Bread Yearling Sales commence April 10 and 11 at the Inglis Oakland Junction Complex. Get across the border so you don't miss out on the 294 outstanding standard bred yearlings ready to go under the hammer. Included are 86 New South Wales bred yearlings, 43 of which are Victorian eligible. From 12, Saturday, April 10, enjoy the parade and welcome drinks with the sale commencing at 4pm. Then Sunday, April 11, the sale continues from 11. Including the entire draft of some of New South Wales' leading breeders, this is an event not to be missed. Visit www.nutrientequine.com.au. There's no feeling like owning a champion. Let us help you find yours. Favourites impending, red light is on, gates open, raising... A son of champion, Lonro, from dual Group 1 winner, Nemesin. Impeccably bred. Impending's the one too classy. He raced in all the big races against all the good horses. Impressive. Impending's won the strap broke from in her time and clearly innocent. They're impending and for four for photo Chautauqua or Rock Magic or Clearly Innocent then Vega Magic Super Cash Trail Aguira Man from Uncle. Imagine winning the Everest, the Golden Slipper, Sires Produce, Golden Rose, Caulfield Guineas, Darley Sprint Classic, Lightning Stakes, Stradbroke. Impending. First yearlings at the sales now. 
race into autumn with two massive race days at Musselbrook. Sunday, March 21st is Country Championships Wildcard Day. Catch all the action as horses vie for the final two spots in the Country Championship Final. Then, one of the Upper Hunter's premier social events this autumn, the Hunter Thoroughbred Breeders Association Musselbrook Gold Cup on Friday, March 26th. There'll be colts galore and fillies to adore. Get your tickets now at musselbrookraceclub.com.au. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, welcome back to uh, Sky Sports Radio. Punter's Postmortem, as just mentioned, you're with uh, Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester, Glenn Munsey and Dave Stanley. We've got some calls on the line, and I think our first call is Andrew. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, guys. How are you today? Good, mate. What's your question to the team? Uh, I've got a question for Dean, but first I'd like to congratulate Ron for using the word enamoured in his column this morning. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, a little, it's the word of the year, I think. In joke. Uh, Dean, I, I backflit in the new market, and I noticed that Oliver wasn't uh, sort of doing much on her in the last stages. Is this a case of she just couldn't get out? Oh, she yeah, she was off the bit and sort of struggling, but then she picked up the bit and... Uh, he was following Serious Suspect and Swats that, and neither of them really kicked on, and both he and Brooklyn Hustle virtually had to come to a standstill. So, yeah, I think uh, she was building her, her uh, momentum, but uh, I think uh, had Brooklyn Hustle to her outside got uh, clearer air, she might have, or to her inside, I should say, uh, might have uh, nearly won the race. Thanks for that, man. Have a good day. Good Beautiful. Day. Thank, thank you, Andrew. Uh, we'll go straight from Andrew to Mark. G'day, Mark. Hey, boys. Yeah, what's your, uh, what's your question, man? Dino mentioned um, Bawunga for the, the Sydney Guineas, and I, I just said, yeah, Rosal Guineas is his race. I loaded up on him on the, uh, in the Australian Guineas at $15. Then uh, she pulled out. She decided to go to the um, Sydney uh, yeah, Sydney Guineas, Greenwood Guineas, via, um, and then off to Rose Hill, she said. And now Munz is telling me that... Um, George Ryder, I can't remember. I've unloaded the twelves and nines in this. I don't want to be burnt twice. Well, mate, uh, owners that's, and trainers, that's futures and, betting. Yeah, that that that's it. You know the, the you know, they may not think that two thousand metres is going to be his cup of tea in the Rosehill Guineas, nah, but you she, don't she have was, to be a good stayer to beat your own age. She was all over him for the Rosehill Guineas. That's the race she was talking up. I don't, I can't see her not going there. She was, she was. Bell Ben on Brazil Guineas, that's the one she kept mentioning. Yeah, that's the trainer. That, that, that's the trainer, yeah. They don't, they don't necessarily make the rules. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Don't give up. Don't give up. No. I'll probably so, kick it off if you... Yeah, <laughs> we'll get get the details for Duff. Uh, but, uh, yeah, okay. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Aquas will obviously be pulling the, the strings there, Shane and the team, uh, where they go, George Wright. I wonder if they'll... Um, Think about a Queen Elizabeth two months and boys. Oh, Dave, you know, let's get your punters, you know, just <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's, let's get him in the winner's let's, circle first. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's everything's on the table. On the, the, everything the on the table. Maybe a ticket on the Everest. The Everest, Everest yeah. October, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's <laughs> Roscoe. Roscoe is on the line. Morning, Roscoe. Hi, guys. Long time listener, second time caller. Um, got a few questions. Uh, Munzee, Quaddy uh, Jackpot, that one was last week, you know, the $550,000 one. Was there a jackpot going over to the following next Saturday meeting? 
Uh, quaddy jackpots go usually to, if they're a quaddy jackpot from a particular meeting, they go to a similar meeting. Right, the, so the, the, the Saturday time. goes to the following Saturday, Wednesday to the following Wednesday, is that what you mean? Uh, yes, they like, you know, like for like. Mm. That, that is the standard procedure. Much, and where do we find out how much has gone in? Uh, well, when you look, uh, mainly it is promoted. For example, you'll hear an ad saying um, projected yeah. pool for the quaddy on Saturday is $1 million. Yep. You'll, you'll actually go down through with, with that banner that's on the website, for example. You'll go down and uh, they, there should be an asterisk there and say, you know, projected pool only. But when you go into that rate, that that, that day, yep. when you go into the quaddy, it, it should tell you what the pool is before there's any investments in it. So just, just off head, do you remember if there was that, in that large one last week, was there a jackpot that went in? Because Mate, I, I have no, I have no idea. I, oh, okay. Mate, I, to be brutally honest with you, I don't look at paramutual pools. Oh, okay, okay, no worries. Um, okay, Dino, uh, yes. I've been at forty-seven Warnables, mate. Am I going to get there this year? Uh, I think you probably will. Yes, yeah, it's looking uh, looking fairly promising. It mightn't be the full-size crowd, but it'll be uh, probably yeah two-thirds, I'd say. So I think you'll be able to get there. Beautiful. There you go. Uh, now, David's on the line. Morning, David. How are you going? Um, good morning, everyone. Look, um, I love the All-Star Mile. I just love the concept and and the Everest. I do love it. But, I mean, we've got all these new two-hole races, though. Um, really, I just think, I don't know what you think, Dee, I just think we're dumbing down now and really diminishing all these great staying races. I mean, it concerns me a bit that um, the breeders now seem to just totally ignore anything, you know, long-distance races, what sort of duff you guys were talking about. I mean, I remember the Adelaide Cup used to be a very high-profile race and used to be, especially in the early 90s, a bit of a guide to the Melbourne Cup. And incidentally, it's a good field this year. But, I mean, it does concern me that, you know, and what we've done to the Victoria Derby. I mean, we've got all these new races, you know, the Coolmore and all these sprint races that we now have, I'm just concerned that breeders, that's all anyone wants to do now. Maybe just a quick buck, but um, I don't know what you think, but I, I think we've really dumbed down our staying ranks. And I think um, we see that in the Melbourne Cup every year with foreign horses winning more times than not. Yeah, no, I agree. I, and, and with regard to, the, I think, the breeding industry, the the uh, the tail wags the dog a little bit. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's so much money in the middle distance and staying ranks, and yet the... The biggest money is off the track, and that's why uh, you know, they're, they're catered to. Can I just go back to uh, one comment there, the, the All-Star Mile, which it's look, yep. it looks a great race. To, now, should that be run before the Australian Cup? No. Yeah, but where do you put it in, Duff? That's the thing. I mean, it's, I agree. I mean, this is the talk, of course, and then the horses might it, go yeah. to the Australian Cup. If it was locked into one track, if it was at Caulfield mm-hmm. on Blue Diamond Day, Mm-hmm. Two weeks before the Australian Cup, that'd be yep. perfect. But it goes; it's a venture between the three clubs. Okay. And whilst we don't have an ATC like you do, uh, we're probably you know we've got this juggling act, and uh, it it's Doesn't not work. ideal. It's that that's that's the problem. It diminishes the Australian Cup. Um, you know, I still think the Australian Cup should have been two million dollars that day. The Newmarket two million dollars, and the All Star Mile would still be a cracking race. At yeah, three point seven yeah. or four million. It'd still be a cracking race. 
Exactly. Yeah, I and, didn't, and I even didn't even a bonus attached or something. You yeah, know, you exactly. win you win the All Star Mile yeah. and then you line up in the Australian Cup, you get an extra yeah. whatever. Yeah. So that that's I mean you know the complexity of it because the Blue Diamond sits well in the pattern for you guys in Sydney. It's two weeks before the Todman, two weeks mm, before the perfect. Slipper. You know, so it's perfect. Uh, it moved around a bit when it wasn't you know so perfect, and, and of course you guys moved around with. You know, following Easter, but now that's set. It's just trying to find that. You know, where do you put it? Uh, and you know, it had, because Caulfield have got that that day, uh, where, and Flemington have got the week before. Whether you go the All Star Mile, one of those two, or you know, use it at the night meeting at Mooney Valley on a Friday night, so that the three clubs get it within that seven day cycle. And it'd be three weeks before the Australian Cup, or you know, two weeks in a day, or two weeks before the Australian Cup. So maybe that's something they can think about. Okay, let's jump back up to Sydney, guys, uh, and get your thoughts on the Todman and also uh, the Phillies race. So, firstly, the Todman. Animo, you mentioned you backed the Duff Profiteer. Uh, he went enormous. Are you surprised that J Max got off stay inside? Because we saw that come through on the social media last night. That now James is. Going to ride one of Chris's, Chris Waller's in the slipper, and Tommy Berry jumps on stay inside. He's locked in. Shocked um, is an understatement. I Obviously, we're in a, a, a business where, you know, you, you've got to know where your bread's buttered sometimes. And obviously, Chris's and James have a pretty good association going at the moment. There'd be maybe some, wouldn't be surprised if it's, Home affairs, maybe he's riding, maybe a little bit of cool more pressure. Uh, not pressure, but um, incentives or whatever. Um, yeah, that's a funny one, that, because, you know, he said, as far as I'm concerned, he, I think the deal was, well, I want another ride on staying inside. If he runs well, I'll ride him in the slipper. I, think he, I thought he did more than enough. Mm. I was worried going into that race that we'd come out and we still wouldn't have. We might not have had a contest, but I think I think we come out with more with more questions to ask. So it's it's really helped the slipper. Like Profiteer over raced. Uh, will he do it again? Is then far coming, and that does that put pressure on Profiteer? Stay inside. Or do we get a wet track? We got a lot of rain at Rosehill this week, uh, so he'll come right back into calculations because his peak performance is on a wet track. Artorias. Well, Adamo showed that form was okay. Uh, so, although first run in Sydney, um, you, you've got to clearly consider him. Is ingratiating at a run this week, or is he going maybe straight to the slipper? Or yeah, well, there's another one. Uh, does ingratiation back? Uh, like he, he was happy to run Adamo. Um, yeah. If he thinks he's tough enough, he might back him up. If he's not, he'll go straight well, he in. Did, there, he, so. That's what they, that's how they lined him up for the Blue Diamond, won the Talon Dirt, and on the backup. So yeah, I think he's a massively forgotten horse. Uh, yeah. Because he's yeah. got a he's got a better racing style than Animo. It was okay on the big, small field, big track at Randwick. Different scenario at Rose Hill. He'd be he'd have a massive tactical advantage on uh, on uh, on um, Animo if uh, if that's how it came down to. Yeah, uh, all I know is it's um, it's going to be a great slipper, and there's going to be so many differing opinions. Muns, what's happening with that the, the slipper market with the all in market? Is it is it gaining sort of momentum. It will obviously gain a lot of momentum over the next couple of days and weeks, but uh, is there anything at the moment that they're really sort of starting to to dive into? No, not really, Dave. Yeah, okay. um, the, the slippers are a very, very... Well, it's an individual race, the slipper, because every single week there is a new 
I shouldn't say hype horse, but there's the, every week there is a talked about horse, depending on how it's gone uh, over the weekend. And albeit that we had, you know, the top three in the market that all can contested the Todman on Saturday against each other. You look at the market now, and Profiteer is still the favourite, despite being beaten on Saturday at $5. Stay inside at $6. Artorias stayed at home on Saturday, but firm from $11 to $8. Uh, Animo is now a $9 chance after being around about 26 before it ran Saturday. And then you get to the double-figure runners, which are four moves ahead at $11. Enthar, home affairs and ingratiating. At seventeen dollars, and then you get to twenty-six dollar pop. So and, they're, they're not really zeroing in on a particular no. runner. And Munz, just on that, because there is a text about that. Just a question: you know, how has um, Artorias firmed when it didn't race? What, what would be the thinking there with the bookies at Tab? And I know, obviously, they've got their <coughs> own franked. opinion. The just for, is that, that would it be Animo's one. And, and so the other thing being, Remark drops out of the slipper question now, and yes. it was the third favourite. So. Those horses that were just behind Remark before Saturday have to consolidate their place in the market because Profiteer drifted after racing on Saturday. Stay inside drifted slightly. So you've got to find your next pick in the market, which was was Remark before Saturday, so it's now out. So the next hope was Artorias, albeit it's not nominated, but connections have told everybody that they're paying the late entry fee. Yeah, I think it's going to be trialling up here, isn't it, um, on Thursday? Are they showcase trials too, um, Duff? Are you going to be I doing showcase will, trials on we'll Thursday? We'll have a look and see how, how this, the, the fields come up before we make yeah, a decision there. But um, the other one, I, would, I see she's oh, Enthar's active at Ballarat. Would you like to see her trial again with a month between runs, wouldn't you? Uh, so I'm interested to see what the plans are with her, with a... So she in the um, Ballarat stable, did you say, Dave? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I, I, I looked her up this morning saying, where are you? Where are you? Are you in mm-hmm. Sydney? And I, I, I just had, you know, Ballarat. Okay. So, because she wasn't even there before the you – because know, they've got so many places down here. Yeah. She was actually uh, – she was down at their uh, – down on the beach at Balnarring before the uh, the Diamond. Does, so they're really shaking her up a bit. Yeah. Does that mean anything? What, what – what, uh, with the setup oh, they down change there. them around a lot. They they go from you know having had a couple of horses there. I've not you know they go from stable to stable a lot. You know especially if they're just trying to stimulate them a bit or yeah, maybe okay. uh, maybe she was too fresh being down at the beach or you know and they're working her up the hill at Ballarat. I'm I'm not sure. Right. Okay. Because that that would be yeah that's what I was going with it. So there's yeah. they're obviously the different setups have got different types of training. Yeah, the different assets uh, certainly the you know the Ballarat have got the the hill track. Uh, you know, their Balnarring setup's got the beach. They've got a place a place called Fingal, which is uh, also a beach place. And uh, and obviously the main main place is Caulfield. Okay. We're going to take a break, boys. Uh, find out what's happening on the roads in Sydney. Take some traffic. Get those calls coming, punters. If you're keen to ask the boys a question about Saturday, uh, whether it be in Melbourne uh, or in Sydney or elsewhere, 1353 is the open line number. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Altitude offers drive now, pay later and interest-free with open pay. Call 1-800-025-715 or search Altitude to find a participating service centre near you. Roselle, Victoria Road just past Darling Street, a bus broken down Citybound Lane 1. Very heavy traffic at Parramatta Road at Frederick Street with a car broken down in a very awkward spot there at Ashfield. And we're looking at a high volume of traffic seaforth over the Spit Bridge and down towards that Mossman area in both directions. More Australians find commercial property with real commercial dock. 
conduct are you? Whether it's an office, retail space, or a warehouse, start your search with the number one, realcommercial.com.au. I'm Silvio on Sky Sports Radio. There's a new name in DIY, and this weekend, the coffees are on us. Instead of another ad that'll help another business, here's one that will help yours. We know business is tough right now, which is why this radio station and every other station in the country wants to help you get word out that you're open for business. And with 95% of all Australians tuning in each week, radio's alive with new customers at a time you need them most. For reach that gets results, visit radioalive.com.au. Quality yearlings coupled with the country's best incentives make the Magic Millions Gold Coast March Yearling Sale a must-attend March 15 and 16. All yearlings are eligible for the $12.77 million Magic Millions Race Series. Graduates of the sale include Buffering, Winning Rupert, Spirit of Boom, Chapter and Verse, Master Jamie, Boom Sarah and Apache Chase. This year's catalogue offers 419 lots, with progeny by 92 individual size, including local stars Better Than Ready and Spirit of Boom. For more information and to view the catalogue, visit magicmillions.com.au. This April, there's a new name in the Standard Bread sales ring. The Nutrien Equine Standard Bread Yearling Sale, coming to Oakland's Junction April 10 and 11. Almost 300 lots by leading local and shuttle size, including 25 by American Ideal, 8 by Sweet Lou, 6 by Well Said, 5 by Roll With Joe, and 3 by Some Beach Somewhere. Talk with the Nutrien Equine team or see the catalogue now at nutrienequine.com.au. There's no feeling like owning a chance. Let us help you find yours. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. Yeah, 9.42 across New South Wales, whether you're listening via radio or maybe you're listening via the Tab app or the Sky Racing Active app. Good morning to you. Uh, we're going to get to uh, more calls here with Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester, Glenn Munsey and Dave Stanley. And it's Bruce on the line. Morning, Bruce. Brucey. He might not be there. He was there. Now he's not. We'll go to Phil. Bruce, if you can hear us, give us a call back. Phil, good morning. Good morning. Hey, hey, Dave Stanley, that butcher of yours is fantastic. Which butcher? Cherrybrook. Oh, yes, it does go good, mate. It does go good. Yeah, Kendall bought me some meat from there the other week, and it was fantastic. I just sort of give him a plug. But, um... Well, I wanted to ask, like, Lions Raw went, ran really well and Brendan Abdullah's not my favourite man after a couple of rides over time, but what do you what do you think of his chances for the next one? Because John's training pretty well at the moment, so, you know, Rocket Bot was just um, unlucky there, finishing third in the middle. So do you think it's got much of a chance? Because $5 seems a bit short for it. Duff? It's typical of, you know, the well, when they win, it's an overreaction until something wins next week. You know, I'd, I think he's right in the Rose Hill Guineas, um, and, and I agree. He's probably $5 is a bit short yet. I'd be sitting on the fence and, um, and let this Moonga train take off, and then you, you'll get a, a lot better price than what you think. Um, uh, but I just think he's got, he, he, he sets up perfectly, third up off a win at 2,000, where he's, um, you know, his form come uh, solid at the end of last preparation so and he's come back a better horse so I uh, know no argument from me Phil I think he's he's been perfectly trained to run well in what looks his grand final the Rose Hill Guineas and I'd just like to give a little shout out to Glenn Schofield and tell you how long the memory is 20th of December 2013 at Randwick 10 lengths in front on number one gun and got run down by a rowie by, by yeah. three 
A long memory there, Phil. A long memory, oh, Phil. <laughs> we don't forget, do we? <laughs> <laughs> Phil's there. Okay, thank you, Phil. Uh, let's get back to Bruce. Morning, Bruce. Good morning, Dad. How are you going? What's happening, mate? Uh, can I speak to Dino, please? Yeah, you uh, can, mate. The Australian Cup. Dino, um, did you think Paradis had a, should put in a protest for running fourth and got squeezed? Well, they looked at the film, but, I mean, she would have had to have protest against, or Craig Williams would have had to protest against the winner, so he's got to prove that he was going to win the race. There's no doubt it cost her third, yeah, but well, they're the rules. So. Place. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right, but he, it, he couldn't protest against anyone else but the winner. The winner was the only one uh, that uh, tightened them near the line. He came in, um, so... Uh, yeah, it, I mean, and uh, what do you what do you what do you think he did in protest? Yeah, you know, for a in the third place. Well, he can't because he's got to protest against the winner and yeah. prove that he was going to win the race. Now, did you think she, that interference cost to the race? No, you got him. You got him, Dino. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you very you much for that, Bruce. <laughs> All right, uh, now, boys, I've uh, I've just texted Annabelle Nisham. Uh, I said, uh, how, did, how did Mawanga pull up, etc.? Is the rider on the cards? And it is no. Rose Hill Guineas, thumbs up, TB sticks. There we Done. go. So that's, the, that's what's come through this morning. But as we always say, things can change in racing. But at this stage, right here, right now, uh, Rose Hill Guineas is the next target uh, for Mawanga. I think we've got Kurt on the line. Morning, Kurt. Morning, gents. How are you all? Very good, mate. That's the way. Boys, I had one of the best weeks last week in regards to waiting for horses and then finally turning up during the week. One was Deep Strike Dino gelded first up there. Did you see it? Ooh, just yeah, he got there. Jeez, it was, a, it was the longest watch jeez. of all time, but at oh, least he won. Jeez, Dino. I, I was seething. I just couldn't believe it. But I knew before I put my heart earned on that that's how he runs, so I didn't have a problem with that, but yeah, you're oh, right. Do you, want to, do you want to back him next start, though? I, I, after I, that, I know. It's all relative. He, I mean, if, yeah, I've got to see what race he goes. He's SA uh, Derby bound, so I'm going to have a bit on him there. Don't worry about that. Yeah, I love yeah. this horse. The other one, know. Dino, was the best first up uh, performance I've seen of a trainer for ages was uh, fighting Harada when it was first up, and then again yep. it turned up there last week at a good price as well. Jeez, yep. Dino... Well, what, was, it, was it over two years when it was first up? Two and a half years, yep. Two and a half. Yep. Yes, and you, yeah. And sorry, then I was just going to say, I want to know where it's bound to, but I mean, I heard Mick after the race, uh, Kent Jr., saying he's just going to go slowly, slowly through the grades. Isn't he, Dean? Yeah, and that's that's how he should do. He should maximise his earnings. He's a nice horse. Whether yeah. he'll absolutely get to the elite, you know, the, the better... 1,400 metre horses in time, I'm not sure. I doubt it, but uh, I think you know, a winter championship or something might be uh, something you could That's what I was thinking. The reason I asked that, Dean, is because you, people, connections must get toey when there's so much money on the line at the time when their horse starts finally coming good and you know now is the time. So, no, I get, I, I get that. And, Ron, the yes, other Dan. one I've been talking to you about for ages, it wasn't a betting proposition because I have one rule in racing uh, if you believe it or not, and that's don't touch anything under two dollars. I don't mm. care if it's a dollar ninety-seven or whatever. But lost and running, uh, Ron, last Wednesday with yeah, a good a... trial form from Forbidden Love and bound to win the week prior. He's a lovely horse, isn't he? He's a oh. four-year-old. He's had his issues, but um, we'd all been anticipating his return, and uh, he, he did at both ends, didn't he? He was he's very, very good. 
Let's talk about uh, the a couple of texts here, boys. Uh, just some punters wanting to know your thoughts on uh, what we do with Nature Strip and how good Eduardo was, Duff. Uh, Eduardo was unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, you don't take half a second off Red Zill's record. No. And uh, not, not not be unbelievable. You know, first full preparation for Joe, the master of the tried horse, Joe. And that's a, a, a terrific return. You'll go to the Galaxy now. You'll probably have to carry the 56 or 57 or whatever it is. And it's a tough race to win. But on that performance, you couldn't deny him. And, and it range strip, too. Yeah. yeah. He got everything covered. Yeah. And Nature Strip, well, what can you say? You know, he, he's broke the track record in his own right. And full steam ahead to, obviously, what? The TJ Smith. Mm. Uh, Dino, so a couple of questions here in relation to uh, Holmesman. Uh, your thoughts on the Australian Cup? Oh, a bunch finished, but uh, Holmesman, he'd run well at Caulfield and he uh, he just got the, the right sort of run into the race, just kept building his momentum and uh, and just able to get best of days. Uh, it was, a yeah, I think, what, 2.1 lengths between about 10 of them, so there wasn't a lot uh, lot between them. So um, even sort of bunch. Yeah. What about Miami bound there? Out was that? Yeah, out yeah. Outside? yeah. If yes. you get the yeah, Adel, um, Sydney Cup on a wet track, um, she might be a good little hope, or or a Manion Cup, or something in the next few weeks on wet ground. Mm. She should win a race up there. Yeah, she's okay. Late, yeah. In the new market, Dino, just a comment because a few punters here wanted to know your thoughts on September Run. Yeah, she, I thought she was a. She can be a little bit revvy in the mounting out. I thought she was a little bit more so than usual. Uh, she jumped, got a bit of a bump at the start. Uh, I, I didn't think there was anything wrong in the first half of the race, but the warning signs were there pretty early. And uh, usually when Craig Williams goes for it, if anything, she's got a um, tendency to just want to lay in. And as soon as he went for it on Saturday, she just wanted to lay out and, and go behind other horses' heels and just, just not in keeping with her at all. I mean, she's run... Tenth, beaten three and three quarter lengths, but nothing like what uh, what you know, you know she can do. And uh, you, know, you see that through the likes of Amish Boy and Prague, the, the three year olds running third and fourth, that and and Swatsat running fifth. Well, she's always had Swatsat covered in the past. Did we see that coming? Barriers one, three, and four in the new market. Well, what we did see was it was probably up to Brad Parnham because he was the only speed runner on the inside, and. Uh, if he 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 wasn't going to come out wide, the serious suspect. But uh, no, I didn't. Um, I thought Zutori uh, a couple of weeks out had, after the Oakley Plate had a really good chance in the new market. But then the weights went up and he became top weight. Then he drew in, and uh, all of a sudden that's why he was twenty to one because uh, he's a good straight horse. But they uh, yeah they dominated the race. Whether they got the clear air, and I think the other thing that that outside group, as we mentioned with the caller earlier. I think serious suspect and swats that you know that they put up the white flag at the two hundred and those that were trying to charge out wide just virtually ran into the back of them. The only one that got round them was Prague and uh, you know for the punters that might have been on him at twenty six dollars a place he couldn't uh, you know, stagger into third. Mm, tell okay. me about it. And maybe mm. in retrospect, maybe a nature strip or a bivouac should have taken that new new market on. In retrospect, mm. of course they should. But uh, yeah, if the VRC come to the party and make it two million, and they they come, they do it for sure. I'm, I would imagine. So yeah, the, it's it's up to it's up to the VRC to, to you know it you know, it's it's the best. It's known as the best handicap sprint race in Australia. It's now got to have that recognition through prize money. 
And just on um, sprinters, uh, the news about Fabagino, did that surprise you that um, she leaves the WA stable and now goes to, to Chris Wallers? Yeah, totally out of the blue, yeah. That, yeah. You know, usually hear some sort of racetrack rumour. That just, uh, when I read that Saturday morning, that floored me. And uh, for Tiana Robinson and the crew that uh, she'd gathered around her, helping her in, in Melbourne, uh, must be a real kick in the guts because uh, yeah. uh, they've done an amazing job with her. I think she. I think the trainer, did she break her leg or was there an issue? She, yeah, the she, horse kicked her yeah. in the leg. So she's been in Melbourne, uh, even though the borders were closed and everything, she was in here an extended time because of surgeries and all sorts of things. And uh, uh, she was down at Denison Park with uh, Jason Warren and Dean Krongold and I think uh, a couple of others helping out there and, and looking after the horse uh, while she was in hospital. But uh, they've had this long preparation that's just kept going on and on and on and she's kept winning and... Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, I, I felt very sorry for her on Saturday morning. Okay. Um, yeah, so, and they're talking Royal Ascot, so... Okay. Well, as you can remember, when she was first winning, the part of the ownership group are from England, and they used to fly out and watch a race, so, uh, you yeah, know, it'd be easier for them. They can just drive to the races. All right. <laughs> Let's go to Matthew. Uh, morning, Matthew. Hey, good day, boys. How you going? Good, mate. What's your question? Um, I just wanted to ask Dino about um, the track at Flemington Saturday. Yeah. And that um, Saab hasn't come on Channel 7, and he was saying how Barrier 14, where his horse was drawn, was the very best part of the track on Saturday. Yep. And that then Dean Yendall, he came on, and Dean said, you can't win outside no, yep. Flemington. And that yep. I'm just trying to work out where, where do you go on what that track rating, and that's well, so that's hard just... them straight races. Well, it is, but that's an opinion on any track. You know, you'll see jockeys go to the inside when no one else wants to go there uh, around a circle. Um, you know, so yeah, you know, that, that was. I mean, I mean, Saab drew fourteen. He was pretty. You know, he he wanted to probably be happy that he was in lane fourteen, and Yendall was in barrier four and Amish boy, so he was probably pretty happy to be on the inside. So, uh, you know, they're making the best of their situations. I. I don't think the track had any impact on that race on Saturday. I just think a few horses that you expected didn't quite no, turn no, up. No, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying did. Just, yeah, just trying to work out that track rating. Like, you know, it's so hard to get a winner as it is. Like, yeah. And that, so do you trust the jockey or the trainer sort of thing who's walking oh, well, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, nothing like self-interest. It's always trying, and that's what they were doing. So uh, I... I don't know. Uh, the the if you went by the what they use the going stick, the outside was faster, but uh, yeah, it, it it played to the inside and uh, a few of the circle races did as well. But I think that had a lot to do with tempo of races as well. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks for your well, call, man. Thanks very much, boys. Cheers, mate. Um, boys, just uh, texted David Eustace. Uh, no trial this week for Enthar. And I just said, uh, will Enthar trial this week? He said, no, TBA, uh, everything. So wait and see. Um, what price was she, Munns? Was she, she was 450, wasn't she? She just drifted a little bit. Yeah, yeah, she has got out of touch. <laughs> $17. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, now, um, we'll take a break. When we return, we'll get the horses to follow from the boys and we'll wrap up Punter's Postmortem. The Gold Crown. The Gold Crown series launched in 1987 initially featured divisions for two-year-olds only. Best two-year-olds in the land. The Gold Chalice for three-year-olds and Gold Bracelet for three-year-old fillies were added in 2000. The Gold Coronet for the Trotters and the Gold Pendant for the Mares have also been contested. 
the gold crown, gold tiara, gold chalice and gold bracelet are now all $100,000 Group 1 finals. The Bathurst Gold Crown Series. Live on Sky Sports Radio. Quality yearlings coupled with the country's best incentives make the Magic Millions Gold Coast March Yearling Sale a must-attend March 15 and 16. All yearlings are eligible for the $12.77 million Magic Millions Race Series. Graduates of the sale include Buffering, Winning Rupert, Spirit of Boom, Chapter and Verse, Master Jamie, Boom Sarah and Apache Chase. This year's catalogue offers 419 lots with progeny by 92 individual size including local stars Better Than Ready and Spirit of Boom. For more information and to view the catalogue visit magicmillions.com.au There's an iconic day in Sydney's West that's reserved for horse racing's very best. A prestige affair where the fashion is bold with five group ones the world's finest races unfold. Get your fun back on track at the 65th Longines Golden Slipper with fashion competitions, the new playground precinct and an unmissable performance from legendary rocker John Stevens. Longines Golden Slipper Day, March 20 at Rosehill Gardens. Book now at theracers.com.au. Tickets are limited. Racing HQ, brought to you by Tabs Treble. First leg quarter fail, it's treble time. TNC Supply, gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help, 1800 858 858. Yeah, you're on uh, Punters Post Mortem on Sky Sports Radio. Before we get the uh, boys' uh, horses to follow, I might just mention uh, this um, event I was at on Saturday, the uh, Punters Challenge, which the ATC put on. And I'm not sure if they're going to do one for the spring. They definitely will do one next autumn. But if anything comes out for the spring, and a lot of punters listen to this, I would get involved. Um, Tables, this is just the the scenario, and I'm sure TK would have mentioned this back in the day, but tables cost uh, 2600 for eight people. And the ATC then give each table $2,000 to bet during the challenge. It was races two to eight, and you had a $250 bet on the Paramutual. It was win, place, each way, or Quinella. And one of those uh, particular races, you got to use a wild card, so you got to spend 500 Now, the top team finished uh, $9,500 up. So they walked away with 19500 because it was 10000 for uh, first prize, four thousand for second, and two thousand for third. So, and, and the way it worked, boys, was with your two thousand dollar pot. If you happen to get say six thousand dollars, that was what you accumulated over the challenge. The ATC then take their two thousand back, and you get to share in that um, that four thousand dollars. It was a ripping day. Um, I'm not sure if it's something that other clubs and other jurisdictions will follow, but. I tell you what, it was a great idea, and, and well done to the ATC for for putting it on um, for all the so, punters. So, out Dave, there, yeah. you, you, the, the the teams physically get the money to start the day. It's not no, pretend no, no, money or no. It's, so it's real cash. But what happens is it's quite clever. They uh, there's a number of tab uh, tab reps there, and they they stand at the EBTs which are assigned to your table. So they don't just give you two grand cash and say best of luck. Uh, it's all preloaded onto the cards, mums. So each team's got a captain. Captain, they work out what they want to bet on. Captain goes up to the lady at the EBT or the man and says, I'm going to have 250 on Lions Raw, please. They process the bet, and then a correct weight, the leaderboard's updated. But um, there were a couple of uh, what, what a lot of teams were doing. Well, actually, one team had, I think, 300 on Lions Raw and uh, 200 on a, on a glistening. So they just sort of shot out and went bang. Uh, because they were sort of playing away from the favourites, but uh, yeah, the winning team they got their total was nine and a half thousand, so they got 
nine and a half minus their two thousand, so they got to split the seven and a half. Plus, they then got their ten thousand on top for winning the challenge. But just a you know, I sort of said to Sean, the bloke who was running in the ATC, um, it's something that they've been promoting via word of mouth and via the tab. But I mean, when you do the sums, twenty six hundred for eight people, that's your food and drink all day, and they give you two thousand to spend. Um, it's not a bad day out, and a lot of punters clubs were there. So if we can, we might promote it more for spring and try and pack it out, boys. Um, what's your horses to follow? Um, I'm going to start with the uh, that filly that charged home Trifacia. She's working progress. She's a good filly in the making. That when she learns, when the penny drops, anyway. Trifacia out of, out of race three, the Riesling. Um, Collide, I've got a very close eye on to see what improvement he shows next time as far as the Sydney Cup point of view is. Lovely big strong horse. And I think we can trust Mars Crusader this preparation. Both runs back have been excellent. And I thought he did enough on Saturday to say, yeah, uh, back to a handicap. Who knows what could happen there. He's, um, he's, 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 I think he's a much stronger horse this prep. Beautiful. Uh, Dino, what do you like, mate? What was your horse uh, to follow? Yeah, I'm going with, uh, it was a winner on Saturday, but uh, I think Mar Busher uh, wouldn't be surprised if she's a chance in a race like the Arrowfield Duff or, or the PJ Bell. Uh, she was terrific on Saturday. Uh, really hit the line well, and she's furnished out. She's going well. And uh, Brooklyn Hustle mentioned her a few times out of the new market. Uh, I think her right race, all this prep, has been the William Reed, and that's next Friday week. I think she'll run really well. What are we doing Perfect. in Adelaide? Anything? Uh, anything to report in Adelaide? Or... I'm sort of working day. through that. Um, there's a really nice horse that will win race two there. I think it's a bit better than even money. Is Unlaced. Uh, I think he's just a okay. good horse going through the grades. Um, is the favourite of Moral in the Cup or a good, really oh, good thing? You'd think, you'd think so. You'd think so. The, the draw has been a great help and uh, she's just got more upside than them and it's good that she's had a bit over two weeks since that last run. So I think she'll win and uh, I'll be having something each one, Smoke and Val. Uh, I don't think things have gone right for her this prep and she's going well race three, number six. I think she's around the each way mark. So they're the two I'll be playing, races two and three. Okay, beautiful. Muns, what do you like, mate? What are uh, your horses to follow? Well, well Dave, it's, it's the obvious, really. If someone said to you, here's a head collar and a lead, you can mm. take your pick of any horse that race there on Saturday and you can take it home. It's got to be Trifasia. Mm. OK. Uh, Glenn, just, did you stay at Canberra last night? Yes, uh, Ronnie, I'm still here. I'd like uh, to thank the uh, um, organisation where I'm staying here at the moment. And uh, in about uh, an hour and a half, I'll be... <laughs> Setting myself <laughs> off to uh, racing today for. Were you happy with the accommodation that was sorted yeah. for you? Were you happy? Everything sweet. Uh, Butler was a bit late this morning, but um, no, that was good. They washed down the helicopter and a few other things, Dave. So how was, uh, how was the crowd there yesterday, mate? Was it a good crowd? Uh, well, they they're in COVID restrictions here, and it was one of those situations, Dave. There looked to be a lot of people there because. The, the spacing, you know, you, you know, you get to the races and you go, oh, yeah. geez, it's a good crowd because everyone's sort of shoulder to shoulder. But everywhere you looked, there, you, you could see a number of people. Um, I think they were restricted to, I think in grand total, it was about 3,500 people. They probably got close to that. I don't know what the official figures were. But everywhere you looked, you, you saw people. You didn't see a big vacant space, put it that way. What's the biggest tip in town there today for Canberra? Um, nowhere near as busy as yesterday, you know, and funnily enough, the big tips um, went down the tube yesterday. Uh, Matty Dale had a first starter 
that had, yeah. that had trialled well that got beat. Uh, the two-year-old, well, Kalashnikov, uh, he bounced back. He took on the older horses and won a maiden at Gosford his last start, won the uh, won the Black Opal yesterday. Uh, but uh, there hasn't been a real serious push. Uh, the system was down to around about 9.30 this morning, so uh, we're really only just starting to see a little bit of money for the races today. So there hasn't been a, a, a massive sort of go for anything at the moment. Yeah, okay. So are those are those systems still down, Muttons, or are they? No, no, no. I'm seeing bets come through now, Dave, but yeah, they, they weren't available till around about nine thirty. No. Okay, perfect. Uh, boys, also a bit of a you'll see it no doubt filter through the news with Ray Thomas, uh, Chris Roots, etc. But uh, the Wink statue today will be unveiled there at uh, Rose Hill and uh, cast of thousands. I think Bruce McAvaney's doing the presentation and the owners of Winks are there and then the big launch tomorrow as well with the ATC. So we're starting to get into that real carnival rhythm up here in Sydney. Dino, All-Star Mile Week, um, we will talk to you next Monday, but uh, good luck with everything down there, mate. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Uh, looking forward to it and hope the track's dry and uh, Acadia Queen gets the money. Yeah, that, there'll be a lot of punters. Uh, and Russian Camelot is a gallop tomorrow or yeah he's been, he's been trialing nicely he's uh, just had that low-key build up and he probably uh yeah, going in fresh at a miles where he'd have to be but uh yeah i think i still think the mayors are the two probably and uh and arcadia queen yeah and we've also got that massive day of course on saturday at rose hill duff uh looking forward to the coolmore classic the sky high we've got uh, the ajax uh, the far lap uh, the magic night as well and the pago pago uh, just to name a little few yeah, it should be fantastic. Uh, a bit of a lot of rain Wednesday, Thursday forecast, but yeah. we'll just see what happens there. Muns enjoy today too. You'll be hosting the show down there at Canberra. Yeah, Sky Thoroughbred Central. Uh, we've got Canberra. We've also got Coffs Harbour and Mackay on Sky Thoroughbred Central today. And uh, well, next Saturday it feels a little bit strange. It's the official official start uh, to yeah. what we call the, the the Sydney Autumn Carnival or the Golden Slipper Festival. Three weeks in a row at Rose Hill for Longines Golden Slipper Day on the March the twentieth. But I think we've been in carnival mode for about the last three weeks here, Dave. We certainly have, uh, and with the the good racing in Sydney being complemented by the good racing in Melbourne, punters are in for another treat at their tabs or in their homes or wherever they are on Saturday. Have a good week, boys. We'll talk next uh, Monday for punters post-mortem. In the meantime, our preview's coming up for two big meetings uh, across New South Wales, even though we've got one of the nation's capital. We've got the Canberra Cup meeting. We'll talk to joining scores, and we'll also have Gary Cleesey with Coffs.